welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. If you're a new listener, welcome to the podcast. I hope you're gonna enjoy today's episode. To be honest, I'm pretty sure you will stick around. I'm sure there's gonna be something I'm gonna share today that you're gonna be able to take away. Maybe it's even gonna be something you can resonate with. If you're a returning listener, thank you for sticking with me. I know it has been a while. Life has just been lifing. I am going to give a life update at the beginning of this episode just to let you know what I have been up to in my absence. Some of you may know, I think I may have alluded to it or I may have shared in previous episodes, I can't remember. But last year I started a financial advisor course. As some of you may know, I am a finance coach and I started that business in 2020. So I help people with their personal finances. I do personal finance coaching and also business coaching for small businesses. At the beginning of last year, I decided that I wanted to further my knowledge and my skills because I want to be able to provide the best to my clients, but also to do something for me. So I decided to do a financial advisor course and it was a one-year course and I have finally completed the course. One thing I will say is what I expected the course to be and what it turned out to be was entirely different. In my head, I thought it was going to be smooth sailing, But upon starting the course, I realized how independent the learning was. When I was signing up, there was two options. There was the option to do tutor support and the option without tutor support. Now, I want you to think to yourself, when you hear the word, when you hear the term tutor support, what do you think of? So in my head, I thought tutor support would mean that for the coursework, because that was a part of the course, there was coursework and exams. So I thought, you know, having a tutor would mean that if I had questions surrounding my coursework, I could send it to my tutor, they could have a look at it, give me points and things that I need to work on. But very quickly, I realized that the tutor support that I had in my head versus what the course actually provided were two different things. So the tutor support was actually just a discussion forum with tutors on the course where you could ask questions, get clarifications on things. But of course, it's an open forum with those doing the course, meaning that you can't be posting your coursework. And there's a lot of things that I would have wanted to ask that, of course, I wasn't able to. So I quickly realized probably after a month or so that this is going to be a bigger challenge than I thought, especially when it came to my my first coursework because having done it I didn't have a mentor I wasn't working at a firm where I could ask other advisors to have a look at my work I was basically just doing it by myself and so it was a challenge it wasn't as smooth sailing as I thought it would be and along the way there was a lot of challenge so earlier this year in January I submitted my coursework I also had an exam and guys well let's start with the coursework so This life update is turning out a little bit longer than I thought it would be, but I think it's best for me to give the backstory, things that I've learned, and perhaps it's something that you're going to be able to take something from too, or even just, you know, laugh at my experience (laughs) or learn from my experience. So in January, I had to submit the coursework and also do the exam. So there were about a week in between in terms of when they were, the coursework was first, submitted the coursework, and I think I got the result a month later, like February, mid-February, something along those lines. And when I got the result, I failed guys. Yeah, yeah, I failed. The pass mark was 50 and I got, I think it was 46 or 44. Yeah, 46. I was only four marks away from the pass mark. And what was so frustrating for me was the fact that it was only four marks away. So I had a decision to either resubmit that coursework. So I had two options. I could either resubmit that coursework to get those extra marks to get the pass. But when you resubmit coursework you've already done, you can only get the maximum pass mark. So even if your work is above that it's capped at that 50% pass mark or I could completely do 
new coursework where I'll have a new topic. I won't know what that topic is and I have to do it all from scratch. So I decided, you know what? I'm only four marks away. Let me just resubmit this coursework and get it to the pass mark. Because again, I do not have a tutor that I can send this work to to let me know that yes, it meets the requirements, you pass. So I decided to do that. I, I think I did that in, I can't even remember the timelines now, but anyways, resubmit the coursework. In the end, passed, thankfully. However, with the exam now, it was a three hour exam. And again, it's my first time doing the exam. I don't really know what to expect. Three hours sounds like a really long time, but guys, let me tell you, when you're under pressure and there's a lot for you to remember and you're having to write a client report in three hours and there's gonna be calculations that you need to do, there's also additional information you didn't have prior to the exam that you need to address. The time went so quick. I don't think three hours of my life has ever gone so quick. And when I tell you I ran out of time in that exam, guys, it was so bad I didn't even finish my sentence. <laughs> I was typing like a mad woman. And before I realized it was, it said something like 60 seconds left, I said, oh my gosh, I have failed. Because there's a lot of points I've not addressed. And that was one exam that I finished. Well, I didn't even finish it. But I ended, let's say, knowing I had failed. If I had passed that exam, it would really be a miracle in heaven because I hadn't even finished. I didn't even get to put a full stop on my sentence. It was that bad. I ran out of time and I was so frustrated because it was like, oh my gosh, like where did the time go? So I already knew coming out of that exam, unless some miracle from heaven happened, I have failed. So I kind of had peace with that in, in that aspect because I knew I'd failed. So in April, I had another exam, which was for a different unit I was doing. That was a multiple choice exam. And the good thing with that is you got your result on the day. So did that in April, passed the exam, smashed it. I think I got 86%, something like that out of 100%. So I was really happy with that. And that kind of boosted my confidence a little bit. Because as you can imagine, having failed the coursework, having to resubmit it, having to redo an exam, it was just a lot of stress. So after I did my exam in April, I had rebooked my exam, my January exam that I needed to redo for July. So I did that exam, I believe it was on the 13th of July and I knew what to expect now. I knew my enemies in this exam is one gonna be time. So I had two aims for the exam. One was to finish within the time and to have enough time to be able to reread my report and ensure that I've covered all the bases. Because in order to pass this exam, you need to cover every single point that the client has listed that they want you to cover. If you've missed one point, you have failed. And so I knew that I needed to cover everything Thankfully, going into the exam, I knew that time was gonna be my biggest enemy. So I was typing like a mad woman. I don't think I've ever typed so quickly in my life to the point that once I finished the exam, I was mentally exhausted for the rest of the day. My brain was functioning on 150% because I knew that I needed to write. It needs to make sense. It needs to be cohesive because you're being rated not only on the content that you're writing and the accuracy of that, and the advice you're giving to the client, but also on the structure, communication, and so on. But thankfully, long story short, finished the exam. So that part I was happy with, I'd finished it. I was a little bit shaky on certain topics that had come up. I just wrote what I knew. And so I wasn't sure whether I'd written enough. So coming out of the exam, I knew that of course I finished it, thank God, but I wasn't 100% confident that I had passed. It could go either way. So wrapped up that exam in July. It took about five weeks for me to get the results. I received my results on the 18th of August. So it took about five weeks from when I did it. And before I received the result, now, I don't know why these examiners do this. 
the result was released at 12 p.m. on the 18th of August. Like, why do you do that? Why do you just release it at 12 a.m.? I've got to wait the first couple of hours of my day to wait to know if I've passed or failed. So I kept checking earlier, you know, just to see maybe they've released it a bit earlier. And I think it was about 11.58, I logged into my account to check and I saw pass. And I was like, so happy that I never felt anything. And it was a very strange feeling because I was happy and I was like, yeah, I've passed, but I didn't actually feel any emotion, which was weird. And it's something I've never experienced before. But I think for me, the biggest relief was knowing that, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna need to do this again. I'm not gonna need to resit this. I'm not gonna have to go through the whole stress of this process again and having to pay money to resit because guys, it was not free. So all in all, I passed. I wrapped up the course. I passed everything. And now I am officially a qualified financial advisor. So it has been a journey. And this is why I have not been recording episodes because studying, learning, preparing myself for these exams has really had me in a chokehold alongside working a nine to five, trying to build my business at the same time. I just did not have the capacity to record episodes. I really didn't. And that's why I have been absent a lot longer than I wanted to. But now that I finished my course, I am back. I have the space, the creativity is back, and I actually have the time to be able to record. So thank you for sticking with me. For those of you that, you know, you didn't unfollow me, <laughs> you stuck with me. I saw that people were still listening to old episodes. So that was really encouraging that, you know what, when I come back, there's still gonna be listeners out there that are, you know, are ready to listen to the podcast. So thank you so much. So that was my main life update. I have finished my financial advisor course. I am now done with that and moving on to other things. So I thought this episode would be a great topic to come back with feeling behind in life and dealing with comparison. Because as we are coming towards the end of the year, it's what, mid-August at the moment. To be fair, this month is practically over. And then we only have four months left of the year. And this is something that I myself have been feeling a little bit lately as I was studying and, you know, going through this whole process. This is, this was a feeling that I myself have been dealing with and haven't had many conversations with friends and other people. This is something that I can see that a lot of us are dealing with. That sense of feeling behind in life, feeling that you're not where you're supposed to be and also trying to figure out, okay, where am I supposed to be? Because sometimes you may have a sense of feeling behind, but you're not really sure where you should be or what you should be doing. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things where you know you're not where you're supposed to be or you feel that you're not where you're supposed to be. But at the same time, you actually don't know where to go. You don't know, what should I be doing next? What's my next moves? If we take career as an example, perhaps you're unhappy in your career, or maybe you've had a point in your life where you have been, like I have <laughs> many a times, unfortunately, where I've been unhappy in my career. I've wanted to do something else. I've wanted a career change, or I've wanted to work in a different type of company, but I've been unsure about what that's going to look like and what I actually want to do next and I think that's one of the hardest things when you're frustrated with where you are but you're unsure of where you need to be and it can be so difficult to navigate and go through because it's like okay I, I know I'm not happy but I don't know what to do next and I thought speaking about this would be really helpful and also would allow me to kind of share things that I have also been feeling as well if you are listening on Spotify let me plug this in I may have said it before, but I'm gonna plug it again. If you're listening on Spotify, they've added 
polls. So I'm going to have a poll on this episode and you can answer yes or no. You can leave comments. So please guys, let's interact. So if you're on Spotify, you should be able to see the poll. You should be able to leave your comments. And I'd love to know your thoughts, especially on a topic like this, which I think most people can relate to. So yeah. Just plug in a little bit for Spotify. If you're listening on another platform and it does allow you to leave a rating or review, then of course, please do so. Going back to it, feeling behind in life. I think sometimes the reason why we feel behind in life is when we compare ourselves and our life and our trajectory to those around us. So whether it's immediate friends or family or, you know, your colleagues, perhaps in your company, you've seen people that you started with have now progressed onto new roles. Maybe they're earning high salaries. They've had bonuses. They've been promoted. And perhaps you're just kind of still in the same position or maybe not in the same position, but not in the position you saw yourself being in. So a lot of the times when we do feel behind in life, it's when we are comparing ourselves to other people. And As much as we often say comparison is a bad thing, I think there is an aspect of comparison that isn't bad. I think what's unhealthy about comparing yourself to other people is when you compare yourself to other people and it becomes this negative cycle of shaming yourself, putting yourself down, or even being envious of other people and wishing bad for them and just being a bitter Betty. Sorry if your name's Betty, but... I think sometimes comparison can be a good thing. It can be healthy when we use it and channel it for the good. So perhaps you've compared yourself to someone else that maybe is in similar circumstances than you are, but they're doing better. They are excelling. And when you compare yourself to other people, but you do it in the sense of, okay, what can I learn from this person? You know, we've had similar circumstances or maybe they've even had worse circumstances than me, but they're thriving. What are they doing that I'm not doing? Comparison becomes unhealthy when we take it from the standpoint of making ourselves the victim, making ourselves the loser, putting ourselves down and not actually grasping and taking away anything that we can learn from it. So if you're gonna compare yourself to someone else, compare yourself to them and see what can I learn from them? What is that person doing that I'm not doing? What is that person, what are some of the skills and habits that person has that perhaps I don't have? What can I learn from them? So if you're gonna compare yourself to anyone else, compare yourself and see what you can learn. See what you can take away from that person as opposed to just putting yourself down and just getting into that bitter negative cycle of shaming yourself and putting yourself down. And again, also we're human. We're gonna compare. It's very natural for us to compare. It's pretty much in our DNA. We make comparisons on a day-to-day basis, whether it's picking out your options of what you wanna have for breakfast and comparing the pros and cons on that, maybe what's healthier, what's tastier, what's gonna be quicker. We are always making comparisons and this is not exempt from making comparisons with ourselves and other people. But also I think what is really important and what I've learned over the years that I've, has been really helpful for me when I have found myself in positions where I'm feeling behind and I'm feeling like I'm not where, where I'm supposed to be and what can I do to get out of that rut? Learning to be able to identify what your priorities are is going to be a game changer because We all have moments in our life where maybe one area of your life is going really well. So maybe your family's going really well or your career's going really well. You're in a really great relationship and you're happy or even you're feeling good within yourself. You're feeling more confident. Your health is great. Personal growth wise, you are growing, you are thriving. But sometimes there's always one area that isn't going so well. It's quite rare sometimes when everything is going well. There's usually some area that's a bit of a struggle or that's an area that you have to work on a bit more, put more attention to. But learning to be able to identify, okay, I'm not happy where I am right now. 
but what are my priorities for this moment in time? Is my priority my financial life? Is my priority right now? Should it be focusing on getting out of debt? Should it be focusing on bettering how I manage my finances, saving up for this specific thing that I want? improving my skills is my priority right now excelling my in my career is it studying is it working on myself is it going to therapy is it dealing with traumas that i have is my priority right now investing in my family investing in my relationships or even just investing in myself being able to identify what your priorities are is really going to make a difference because your priorities at this moment in time may be completely different to the people you're comparing yourself to And this is where that tunnel vision has to come in. You have to understand that your life is your life. Your journey is going to look very different to other people's. You know, we all achieve different things and sometimes we can achieve the same things, but it happens at different times. Sometimes because you're not ready at a specific time, sometimes because you just weren't prepared and you didn't do the things necessary to reach that. But it really makes a difference when you come to that realization that your journey is going to be unique. And so as a result of it being unique, things are going to happen to you at different times to what it may happen to other people. And it can be difficult. I know that what I'm saying, it sounds very easy. It sounds easier said than done. I know it's easier said than done, especially when you are surrounded by people that may remind you that you are behind in life. They may remind you that, oh, you're still single at such and such age. Oh, you haven't had children yet at such and such age. Oh, you're still in that job (laughs) that you're not happy with. You know, so sometimes it can be difficult when you are surrounded by people or when you are in an environment that reminds you that you are not where you should be, that can be very, very difficult to come to terms with. And this is why sometimes you can't directly change your surroundings. You can't cut every single person off. But what you can do is you can curate your inner circle. So you might not be able to change your family. You might not be able to change, you know, your direct people that you have to deal with, maybe colleagues at work. But what you can control and what you can build is your community, your direct community of people that you trust, people that you spend time with, people that you can let your hair down with, that you can really be yourself, that you can remove your professional hat and you can just be yourself. That is what you can control. So building a community of people that you trust, that you can be yourself with, people that, of course... In order for you to trust them, they need to be trustworthy, heavy on that part. But people that you can really be yourself around, people that want what's best for you, people that encourage you to be your best self, people that are not threatened by your growth, people that don't encourage you to dig yourself in a deeper hole, but people that lift you up, people that push you, people that even check you when you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Having friends like that is really important. Having people that can really tell you that girl or guy, bro, get it together. (laughs) You know, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. What happened to that goal that you said you wanted to achieve? People that can remind you and hold you accountable in love are very, very important in building that community that's really going to be healthy and that's going to help you to propel yourself forward. And also providing that community to others is so important. Another reminder, if you are feeling behind in life right now and you're dealing with comparison, you're dealing with comparing yourself to others, remember, life is seasonal. We all go through different seasons in life. We all go through challenges. Some things we've not experienced yet, but at some point in life we will. Things like grief. I haven't directly experienced someone super close to me passing away, but I'm very conscious of the fact that one day I am going to have to deal with grief and I don't know how I'm going to deal with it, but I know it's something that I am going to experience one day. And I do pray and I hope that when it does happen, I will be able to walk through it and overcome it because 
it's a cycle of life and I know it will happen. And so it's seasonal, remember. There's gonna be moments where you are winning, where you are thriving, where everything is going well. But there's also gonna be moments where things aren't going so well. And what you do during that time is going to really make such a huge difference for the next season of your life. If you think about, okay, I don't know much about plants and growing plants, but I do know that there are different stages in the growth. There's times when you're preparing the soil, you're removing the weeds and, and all the things that aren't going to be good for the plants and the seed, the seed you're trying to grow. And there's going to be moments where the growth is coming. But there's also time where the seed is germinating, where things are growing, but you can't see it. It's still beyond the surface. And if you look at your life in that way, sometimes growth is happening. It's like when you're trying to lose weight. When you first start or when you're trying to get fit or you're trying to gain weight, whichever way you're trying to change your health in some aspect. At the beginning, nobody notices the changes. You don't even notice the changes. That doesn't mean they're not happening because the changes are starting inside. So perhaps your gut health is getting better, your digestion is getting better, your metabolism is increasing. Things are happening internally, but you can't see them immediately. It takes time. And if you're consistent in making those changes and building those habits, after some time, so maybe after four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, you'll begin to see the changes externally. And this is like life. Sometimes things are happening, but they're not necessarily on the surface just yet. But if you continue to work on being consistent, continue to work on yourself, eventually those changes are going to become apparent. But of course, it's easier said than done. It is hard, you know, when you're not seeing the results. It can be so frustrating. And those are the points where most people give up. But if you can push through those times of where you're not seeing what you want to see, you're going to get to the end of it and you're going to be so glad that you didn't give up. Another point I wanted to highlight is that channel that feeling into something good. If you're feeling that you're behind in life, if you're comparing yourself to other people and you're seeing that, damn, you know, I, I need to get together quick, channel that feeling into something good. Because when you make comparisons, especially when the comparison puts you in the point of being beneath someone or behind someone, that can breed a lot of feelings of envy, a lot of feelings of victimhood even. But if you can channel that feeling into something good, it's going to actually help you. But if you leave those feelings unchecked, it's just going to develop. It's just going to grow. And you're going to find yourself becoming a very pessimistic person. You're going to find yourself being someone with a very limited mind, with a lot of limiting beliefs that really just hold you stuck. Your beliefs, your mindset is gonna make such a huge difference. You can have all the potential in the world, all the talent in the world, but if you do not believe in yourself, if you allow limiting beliefs to be your driver, you're always gonna find yourself stuck. You're never gonna be able to grow to that potential that you have. And so not allowing those negative feelings to go unchecked, keeping them in check, being aware of them and actually addressing them, not just leaving them to grow and to get bigger. Like I said earlier, life is seasonal, our journeys are all different, but you also need to think about what do I actually want for myself? What do I actually want for my life? I think we all get to a point in our lives where we think about this. For some people, maybe surrounding the age of 40. For others, it might be 30. You might have a, a quarter of a life crisis. It could be as you get older, your kids have moved out or you've had a life change happen or a life event happen that's caused you to start thinking about these things. You have to think, what do I want for myself? What is my vision for my life? And if you're someone that you've never written that down or maybe you have, but it was a long time ago and maybe things have changed, but you've not actually gone back to look at the vision you wrote down. I would encourage you to do just that. 
review. Look at those goals that you have set out for yourself and ask yourself, is this what I really want for myself? Or is this just something that I am desiring because I feel like if I don't have that, I've not made it in life. Or if I don't have that, I'm not meeting my family's expectations or society's expectations of me. Because if you aren't intentional about the life that you want for yourself, your circumstances, society, your family, the things surrounding you are going to determine what your life is going to be. And so I think it's important for us to be intentional in really asking ourselves that question. And it's something you need to ask yourself all the time because things change, we change. What do I want for myself? What is my vision for my life? And this year, this is something I have been asking myself a lot. What do I want for myself? I know what I don't want. And that's always a good place to start. If you don't know what you want, look at all the things you don't want. Look at the kind of career that you don't want. Look at the kind of relationship you don't want. That's a good driver to kind of help you to start thinking a little bit, okay, so this is what I don't want. So what do I actually want? And really taking time to think about this. And it can be difficult sometimes when we're constantly busy, doing lots of things. I think something that's important to instill in our day is moments of just silence, moments of just stillness, where we can think we're not doing nothing, we're not on our phones, we're not talking to anyone, we're just chilling. You know, we're just there. We're just allowing ourselves time and space to think. And this can be scary if you're someone who hates that feeling of being alone or you hate having to confront issues that you try to avoid by being busy. But it's going to be very helpful for you to actually have that time and space to really think about what do I want for myself? Because there's no use in you comparing yourself, no matter what lessons you take away when you make those comparisons. If you are comparing yourself to a life that you don't even want for yourself, right? So think about what do I want for my life? I want you to ask yourself this question. What do I want for my life? What is my vision for me? What is my ultimate goal for my life? This is a question I always get my clients to think for themselves when it comes to their finances. What's your ultimate goal? A lot of the times, most people don't really know but it gets them thinking. It gets them to really reassess whether those goals that they have or those things that they thought they wanted were really what they wanted for themselves or not. And I wanna wrap up this episode with a pearl of the week. Now, I didn't initially plan it, I'm just gonna wing it. I'm just gonna speak whatever comes to my mind and I hope that it's really gonna help you. And happy Monday, it's a new start to the week. We've only got two weeks left of this month. Oh, crazy. My pearl of the week is gonna be this. Leading on from what I said earlier, if you haven't, so it's, it's too coined. If you already have your goals written down, I want you to review those goals this week. My pearl is go back to those goals that you wrote down at the beginning of the year or whenever you wrote the goals down, go back to those goals and review them and ask yourself this question. Are these goals still something I want? Do I still want this for myself? And then make a decision. Am I doing what is necessary for this goal to become a reality? If you have no goals written down, then my challenge for you this week is to write your goals down. Don't be afraid to write goals down. Let's not get afraid to dream, okay? (laughs) Write your goals down. Make them very clear. Make them very tangible. Make them very measurable. Make them so clear that if somebody else was to read your goal, they would understand it. That's the level of clarity there needs to be. So write your goals down. You don't need to write 10, 15, let's say three. If you haven't already written any goals, write three goals down about three priority areas of your life for this moment in time or for the short term, the next one to two years. So write those goals down, make it very clear, and then go from there. Start thinking about the next step. Start thinking about what are some of the actions that I need to start taking? What are some of the habits that I need to start working on in order for me to achieve those goals? 
I want to thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. But before I do drop off, I want to say if your finances is an area that you want to work on improving, it's not too late. The year is not over yet. And you don't have to measure your life by what you achieved in one year. It takes time. The habits you have right now, they didn't happen in one year. They took time to build. And so if your finances is an area that you want to improve, you want to learn how to manage your money more effectively, you want to clear down on debt, you want to start learning how you can invest your money to cause your money to make more money for you. You want to work on your mindset when it comes to money. Then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, www.pearlsandperils.com, where I provide financial coaching services. And also, if you are in a relationship, I also have a session for couples. Why not make it a date night with a twist? If you have any questions, any comments, feel free to reach out. All my communication channels are in the show notes. Thank you for listening again. Do leave a rating or a review. And if you enjoy this episode and you feel like, do you know what? I have a friend, I have a family member that could benefit from this, then do share it with them. Have a great rest of your week and I'll speak with you in our next episode.